Hello, you're listening to I'm Not That Old, Lady, and welcome. I'm Teresa Sayers. I live on a farm in Minnesota, USA. And I will try to figure out why we are so obsessed with age and aging. Be advised, some language may not be appropriate for all listeners. There may be some profanity that is not beeped out. Oswald Vargas is a licensed marriage and family therapist practicing in California. He has 10 years experience in individual and family counseling. Oz, as he's known to his friends, has generously agreed to give us insight into why we feel as we do. I think you'll easily understand why I am so thrilled to add his expertise to the podcast. Here he is. How are you? Oh, I'm trying not to melt. It oh is God. in the hundreds over here. Really? Yeah, and it's like early in the morning too. It get it gets warm early. Oh, so Yeah, we couldn't do much for the horses. I mean, it's, you know, we tried to do something, but it's just too hot. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Oh, How wow. are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to. Um, <laughs> trying to stay cool here. It's been really, really hot here in Minnesota too. Sure. Not, not hundreds, but okay. you know, it's hot for us. It's hot. Is know. it humid over there? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. We have dew points in the seventies. That's gross. Oh yeah. See, I mean, how hot for me is annoying, but I can deal with it. Um, humidity, yeah, that's a whole nother ball game. It's oh, not good. It's yeah. not good. <laughs> not fit for any beast. Oh my goodness. Well, oh. hi. I'm glad that you and I had a chance to chat today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I've been enjoying listening to the podcast. Uh, your your best friend and your daughter, and yeah. and uh, definitely, uh, you know, I. I'm listening to you guys, and I'm nodding my head, and I'm like, yeah, there's there's a lot of good insight in there. Well, um, I'm trying yeah. to be honest and organic about it because, you know, I don't want to be that fluffy thing that I know what I'm doing and everything's going to be fine because it's not. Right, right. But right. with all of this discussion, I have listened to it again and thought, oh, you know, maybe I was just being overreactive or the heat of the moment or – you know, I can understand how I kind of got there at that time, and they were trying to get used to the idea, and I was trying to get used to the idea, and nobody was getting used to it, and it was just like a big, giant mess. Right. It, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a normal reaction. You know, we, uh, whenever, especially when it involves uh, somebody close to us, somebody that who are, we are emotionally invested with, like parents, right? Yeah. Um, emotions play a big role. To making decisions. Oh, we had emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why did we have emotions? Definitely. Mm. So, so yeah, I was, so I was, I was thinking about, you know, what, you know, what I wanted to say today, and and like especially after listening to that, you know, to to you and your best friend and your daughter, um, definitely I wanted to address some of the things that they brought up. Okay. You know, like like I told you before, um, I learned more from working with people than books, right? right? Because that's that's real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, well, I've come to learn that people people know more than what they think they do. You know, people and re- nothing can replace real life experiences, right? Um, right. It, it just happens that I read a few books that was able to explain those why people do what they do, mm-hmm. right? Um, that and that's. Honestly, the main reason what got me into psychology to begin with, um, I always wonder, okay, there has to be a reason why people do what they do. Right. right? People don't just do things. Right. Um, so, uh, so that's why it drew me in over the years. I, you know, I've been able to understand, oh, okay, so this is why people do it. This mm-hmm. is, now, that doesn't mean just because someone understands something, it doesn't mean right or wrong. It just means that you understand. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. Ultimately, everybody has their own set of values, right, and their own beliefs, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're gonna go by that, right. Um, so nobody's in our position. I always ask, I always get asked all the time, is this right or is this wrong? Mm. And, and my answer is always, that's not for me to say, mm-hmm. right. Um, ultimately, each person has to make that decision, right or wrong, based on their own set of values and what they believe in mm-hmm. right um so what okay so one thing and i'm glad you started the conversation saying that by having these conversations with your friends and whatnot you being it's kind of like brought some insight for you right yes, um, yeah. saying like oh okay maybe i maybe i could handle it differently or maybe right so i'm glad you're you have that insight uh one thing that i stood out about I think it was your daughter who said it, and I think it's very important to to be clear. Uh, not all people, you know, not all old people are angry. Mm. Right? I think we need to start with that. Right. You know, um, we, we it's, it's, I understand based on what your personal experience is very natural to develop that philosophy, right? That right. way of thinking. Um, but that that is not the case, actually. Um, Studies have been shown, and I, and I teach this in class. You know, a lot of old people they are very happy. You know, they a lot of old people they are in a place, actually in a place of their life where they make peace with what they did, or mm-hmm. what what they went through. You know, it's actually very common for people in, in later stages of life to get to a place of peace mm-hmm. and say, okay. You know, I live my life, and and then there's an older uh, phenomenon that we've seen. They tend to only remember the good times. Oh. You know, um, in, in one of my in one of the classes that I teach, one of the um, projects that we do, um, they have to interview um, an older person and um, ask that person to explain what wisdom means to them. Oh. And uh, so that's one of the projects. And every single time, you know, these people, they, they talked about their past and what they went through, and they remember their life not from a negative stand. If, if anything to them, it's like, I survived all of that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because, uh, as you know, uh, not everybody makes it through their later years. Yeah, it's an honor and a privilege. <laughs> right. So if you made it that far, you know, you must have made some good choices along the way, right? Mm-hmm. Not every, uh, and perhaps, you know, you didn't have to deal with so much, so much medical issues, but whatever the reason, you made it that far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so older, some older people, they see it that way. Okay. Um, so, so yeah. So I wanted to, and I think your daughter is the one that brought that up. So I think it's for us to, to have this conversation, we we need to you know clear that up, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now, with that being said, obviously there is a lot of people, older people, who are angry. Okay. Um, so then I was thinking, how we're gonna, how am I gonna explain this? And it's a very complex topic because there's many layers to it. Mm-hmm. There's different angles. There's no one simple answer mm-hmm. uh, of why people are angry. Um, it's not just one simple answer. So today, I want to start with grieving. I want to touch grieving. on that one. Mm-hmm. Grieving a thing or a person or a situation? Uh, well, or? We'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. We're, we're going to talk about that. Uh, grieving as a concept and what are these people going through that causes them to, you know, to grieve. Okay. And then in, in, in later podcasts, I'm going to talk about the same feeling of anger, but from a, from a different perspective. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, so um, if it's okay with you, uh, I'm going to use your parents' situation as a, as a baseline. Sure. In the grieving process. Um, so when we talk about grief, automatically the first thought that comes to mind is when somebody dies. Mm-hmm. Right. That most people understand grieving as okay, we grieve the death of somebody, right? Um, but in, in general, grieving actually grieving is is the process of how we deal with pain. Every time we go through a situation that causes us pain, 
we're gonna we're, we're gonna go through that process. People, some people say, "Well, just get over it, right? Right, get right. over it, move on, let go." But it's not that simple. No, you you know you you in order to let go, in order to make peace with something, you have to go through a process, and that process is called grief. Okay. Now, in the case of your parents, right when they both of them were alive, mm-hmm. um, something died for them. What do you think it was? Well, I've given this some thought, and it's it could be a number of things, but I would mm-hmm. think their dream of their mm-hmm. expectation, their mm-hmm. expectation of living out the rest of their years in that home. There you go. Definitely, yeah, that's valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's like I don't know. But, I mean, if I had to speculate, that would be – because that was the hardest thing to get them to understand that you can't be here. Right. So one of the things that – and I agree with you, first of all, 100%. So another thing for them. So people are going to that later stage of life, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Their life as they knew it has ended. Right. (laughs) Right? Their life as they knew it. And from what you share – um, your parents were very independent people. Yes. Right. Very, they they had a purpose, um, and career, car- very career driven. Mm-hmm. Right. Very, very educated. Yeah. Very educated. Correct. Um, so then, obviously, um, I mean, logically, we understand that. You know, rationally, we understand that's you know, at some point, we're going to stop that. Rationally, we understand that. Just like rationally, we understand that we're going to die one day. Mm-hmm. Right, rationally, but emotionally, it still hurts. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? okay. You see what I mean? And that's why a lot of people, when people argue, sometimes they're having two conversations. While one person is having a rational conversation, the other person is having an emotional conversation. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that, but so, that makes sense. So, and, and that's where the conflict happens between them because the person that is rational is going to say, like we know, right? And, and I get it. I mean, you moved them out of that house for rational reasons. That mm-hmm. house was condemned, right? They right. couldn't take care of it. So rationally, it makes sense. Right. But emotionally. Yeah. See that? So yeah, were, I see were, that now. They were coming from an emotional place. Yeah. That, yeah, that they them, were. That their life was so. Whenever somebody's, you know. There is no way to rationalize emotions, which, but most people try to do that. You know, like, mm-hmm. So when somebody's sad, we ask, why are you sad? That's actually the wrong question because I'm going to tell you why I'm sad so you can rationalize it and tell me, really? That's why you're sad? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. Get over it, you see? Right. But then, but then, then, you're not, then what you're really telling me is that my feelings are dumb. Mm-hmm. I have no right to feel this way. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Perfect sense. So, so now, so so let's talk about the process, grieving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard people say uh, everybody grieves differently? Yes. In fact, okay. I just had a conversation with the hospice nurse a mm-hmm. few days ago because she kept checking in with me, and I finally picked up the phone. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I haven't even grieved for my father yet, and he's been gone six months. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and, and so we're going to talk about that, why you are not able to. So the answer to everybody grieves differently is yes and no, okay? Uh, grieving is a process. It's different stages that you go through. Mm-hmm. And there is no order to it, but everybody goes through a, to a phase of denial where the pain is too much, so you, you go numb. So you, mm-hmm. you cannot deal with it. So your brain automatically says, you know, we're not ready to deal with this right now because we're too busy. Right. So you, you literally go numb. You're, I don't know if you notice, uh, like if, when you've been to a funeral, some people cry, some people don't. Right. I never do. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So so that that's your defense mechanism. That's your emotional defense mechanism saying we're not ready to deal with the emotions right now. So right. You, so you block them. That's it. That's it. It's the block. 
yeah, oh boy. You, you block them. So now in that moment, that's that's fine. That's that's what you need to do in that moment. The problem is that at some point you're gonna have to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, when we're not ready to deal, like the the pain starts sneaking in, right? And we're not we still don't want to deal with it, then we get really busy. We, we get busy with life. We get you know we become workaholics. We become you know we literally convince ourselves, I'm too busy to deal with this right now. <laughs> right, and you find a way. Now, some people, in other cases, some people go to other extremes. Some people develop habits, drinking, drugs, you know, um, because the ultimate purpose of that is to numb, mm-hmm. to numb the feelings. You know, um, have you noticed how some people have difficulty going to sleep after they go through a major loss? Well, yeah. Uh, because they literally have to drink themselves to sleep. See, and I would think alcohol is a stimulant, and it just it doesn't make me sleepy. It just keeps right. me up all night. But. Yeah, it has that effect on you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what actually what it does is because when you're awake, you you literally can tell your brain to be to stay busy, but when you go to sleep, you lose that ability. So all those painful thoughts come up to the front, hmm. uh, and people don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay, so so then you go through that phase, right? Denial. At some point, you're gonna have to deal with it. So then, um, you go on to the next one. You're saying, okay, I'm not gonna let, I'm gonna let the pain in, but I'm gonna negotiate with the pain. It's called negotiation or bargaining. Okay, you're gonna try to rationalize the pain, but all you're doing is trying to find the magic answer to take your pain away. Mm-hmm. So you can rationalize it. Like when somebody dies, for example, people say, well, he's in a better place, right? Mm, he's, right. Not, he's not suffering anymore, right? right? Uh, but we don't know any of that, first of all. But we need to tell ourselves that. Because right. we're hoping that one of those is going to make us go, oh, okay. See, and it's all better now. Yeah. Right, exactly. But all we're doing is negotiating with the pain because the pain is real. The pain is there. The pain doesn't really go away. Right. So, so what we should be saying is, man, this really hurts and this really sucks and I really exactly. miss them and that kind of stuff. Exactly. It's just a process. It's a process to go through because once you run out of questions, so you're going to ask yourself a thousand questions looking for the magic answer and then you realize the, mag- the answer never comes. So you then you move to the next one. Now you let the pain in. That's when you know you feel sadness. The word depression gets thrown around too too much. There's a there's a difference between feeling sad and feeling depressed. Uh, okay. But people confuse it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in our field, it's usually a, a, a length of time. You know, people uh, people it's okay to feel sad for a little while, but then if he passes that time, like you don't bounce back then it can turn into depression mm-hmm. and it can create other problems. Okay. Um, but what happens, and, and then as I, I'm going to go through these phases and then I'm going to explain to you where do we run into trouble okay? <laughs> because people get stuck. Mm-hmm. In the, in the, the, so when people come to me for help, because they're still having quote, quote, got over it something, mm-hmm. I need to find out where they are stuck in the okay. process. And once I find out where they are stuck, then I can help them go through the process. Right. Okay. So then, so again, the pain is real. So now you're feeling it, right? It, okay. it really hits you like a ton of bricks, like somebody punched you on the chest. Right. And it, it's, it's very uncomfortable. So people try to avoid it at all costs because nobody likes to feel uncomfortable, right? We, we live in a society that, that sells us this concept that you should always be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not true. You know, how are you supposed to be happy when when somebody dies? Right. That's, but that's what they tell us, right? Um, so the pain is real. Now, um, sadness, depression can look in many different forms. It can be everything from your lethargic, no energy, right? Uh, perhaps you're crying and whatnot. Uh, but once you go through it, now you have energy, and you actually get angry. Now you get angry, mm-hmm. okay, and you're gonna, you're gonna get angry at everything. When somebody dies, you get angry at life. You get angry sometimes at God. You get angry even at the person because they left you. 
Right. You know, you get angry. Why did this happen to me, right? Why did this happen to this person? People, people get angry. Okay. Now, once you go through that process, then, then you get to acceptance. Then, then you finally can make peace with it. But you have to go through that process. I got to go through all of them. Correct. You have to go through all of them. Okay. Now you're not going to go in order, and that's where people say everybody grieves differently. Mm-hmm. Where it gets complicated is that two people can be grieving the same situation in a different order. For example, you can be in denial and somebody can be in sadness or depression, mm-hmm. right? And then they're going to get mad at you because they're going to say, well, obviously you don't care, <laughs> not, right? Not, not realizing that, no, you do care. You're just not ready to deal with it yet, mm-hmm. right? Somebody's going to be in anger. And, they're gonna, and, you, and somebody else is going to be in sadness, and they're going to and they're going to say to that person, "You still you're still stuck on that? Really? Right. You're, still, you're still crying over that? Yeah. Okay. So that's Ooh. where I, need, I explain to people that even though everybody's in different stages of grief, it doesn't it, it doesn't mean that they're not grieving. Right. We okay. Just have, we just have to understand that the other person is in a different place right now. Okay. Yes. Now, this, there is no timeline for this. It can take six months. It can take two years. Some people mm-hmm. having grief stuff from their childhood. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Um, and because life goes on, right? right? Something happens, you get busy, and then you park it. And you you really con- convince yourself that you got over it. You really oh. convince yourself, and then it comes back to haunt you. Oh, boy. You know, I, I deal with people in their 60s or 70s and even 80s, and they talk about, tell me about your childhood, because, you know, they're so angry through life and whatnot, and, and, or sad, and I ask them, tell me about your childhood, and they look at me like, what's wrong with you? Why? And I say, tell me about your childhood. What happened? And we find stuff. Mm. You know, I, I'll never forget this one gentleman that I was working with. He came to me for something else, for depression, but then in the convers, you know, in the sessions, he shared with me that, you know, he said, you know what? I still have a lot of anger towards my father, um, but he's dead. And, and I don't know what to do with that. So we, we worked through it. We processed. We did some exercises. And one day he came back to me. He's like, I haven't slept like that in so long. Oh. Because he was finally able to let it go. Mm. But mm-hmm. he had to go through that process. You see? Mm-hmm. So, so now, why? So. Why do people struggle with this? You know, why, why? I mean, it's a process, right? Logically, mm-hmm. you think you just go through it, right? Go through the process, and then you get to acceptance, and then you really get over it, right? Simple. <laughs> then, then, then why people don't do it, right? Well, there's a reason why. Uh, first, uh, first, I'm going to explain it to you from, a, from a, what happens to us directly, and then I'm going to explain it to you Sometimes we don't know how to be there for people in the process. We think we know how to be there, but we really don't. Okay? So at a personal level, why do we struggle to go through this process? First of all, like I said, the instinct is going to go into denial. Deny the pain. You're too busy. You know, life happens. You mentioned, you know, I heard you talk with your friend and and your daughter saying you're too busy. Yeah. I don't have time. I don't have time. And, and that's true, and I believe you, and I know you believe that, okay? So because of that, you, you literally keep yourself in denial, okay? But you have to be really careful to understand that you haven't got over anything yet. It's still there for one day for you to go through it, mm-hmm. okay? So we all do that at some point, and, but, and we promise ourselves that we'll go back to it. We start, you know, I'll deal with it eventually, but we don't because life keeps going. Okay, until it starts showing up in other ways. Mm, yeah, well, uh, we want to avoid that. Right, exactly. Now, um, negotiation. Sometimes people get stuck in the victim mentality. You know, poor me, why did this happen to me? And that's not empowering. You see, when, when, you guess, when something painful happens to you and you're grieving, right, and then you, you fall into, you start developing that mentality like, why me? Right, it doesn't really give you the chance to move forward because that, then you're waiting, you're blaming everybody else for what happened to you. Mm-hmm. And when you're blaming everybody else, then you're waiting for them to make it better. Mm-hmm. See, like, like like this gentleman that I was working with, 
you know, he was talking like, well, my father did this to me. But his father was been dead for 20 years until he realized that he had the power to let it go. In an ideal world, his father would have come back and apologized, right? Right. His father would have been like, hey, I'm sorry for what I did to you, and, and then he wouldn't move forward. But that wasn't an option anymore. But that's that's my point. You know, when you give somebody the power to make you feel better, then you also give them the power to make you feel bad. Whoa, wait. Let's stop right here. That statement literally knocked me off my access. I am so surprised that that hit me so hard. So let's get back to the conversation. Okay. So you, so it's up to you to decide, you know what? Okay. This, you know, this hurts. It happened, but it's my life. And I, and I think I have full responsibility of how I feel. Right. So I'm, so I'm going to let it go for me, not for them, for me. But that means you have to do the work. Yeah. Right? Right. So that people get stuck on that. Then, obviously, why pe- people get stuck on sadness and depression? Um, again, because we don't want to deal with it. Nobody wants to feel comfortable. Nobody wants to, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just a very uncomfortable feeling. You know, nobody wants to be that person that is sad all the time, right? Uh, so then we block it. We, we pretend that we're fine. And, and we tell people that we're fine. And we say it so much that we end up believing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> uh, then, obviously, people, feel, people get angry. Uh, that's frowned upon. As a society, no. You know, being angry is wrong. You know, you have anger issues. I'll tell you, half of the people that come to me that says they have anger issues, they don't. They just have they just have something that they haven't dealt with. But they were, you know, since as a society, they were told something is wrong with you. You know, you're, you're angry and therefore it's bad. So they learn to suppress those emotions. Um, and then you, when what happens when you put air into a balloon over and over and over and you don't let the air out? What happens? It explodes. Eventually, that's just what happens, right? Mm-hmm. But but we are told, no, hold it in. Hold it inside. Don't let it out because mm-hmm. you're going to turn into the Hulk. And nobody wants that. Oh, so, so, you don't understand that I am always the one that is looked upon and pointed at as the angry one. Sure. And the I hear you. One. And I hear you. I'm, I hear you. I'm, I'm just, and you know what? Because I don't want to hold it all in. I want to just like, okay, wait, no. Stop. Hold on here. That's not right. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. No, I hear you. Makes so, them uncomfortable. So I'm like, oh, I guess I got to shut up because they're yeah. uncomfortable. Which brings me to the next point. Thank you. Um, so now let's talk about why, you know, we, we say that we're there for people. We say that we, we tell people, oh, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Right. <laughs> uh, and then we wonder why they don't come to us because sometimes we suck at it. We don't mean to. You know, our heart is in the right place, mm-hmm. okay, but but, but cause nobody really taught us how to be there for somebody. Oh. Okay. So then let's talk about, let's say somebody's in denial, right? Mm-hmm. When somebody comes to me for help and they're going through something and I'm getting, a, I'm get, you know, I'm, I'm reading them and I they're just telling me the story flat, like no emotion whatsoever. To me, automatically, I, I go, okay, that person is in denial. Right, they're not ready to engage their feelings yet. Well, I have to respect that. I can, you know, because we're going to do this when we're good and ready. We have to do this in our own terms. If you go into somebody and say, you know, obviously you don't care. Why don't you show emotion? That doesn't make somebody engage. Mm-hmm. You see that? Sometimes, right. we, sometimes we want to bully people into caring, <laughs> into showing yeah. emotion. Oh, boy. Yeah. And instead of respecting the fact that, you know what, maybe this is too painful for you. 
Maybe you don't feel safe emotionally right now to go there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, most of the work that I do is I create a safe environment, an emotional safe environment for people to go there. To say, look, go there. Go to your feelings. I'll hold you. You know, mm-hmm. you you know, I understand when you walk out the door of my office, people are going to judge you for having emotions. But right here, let it out. If you need to cry, if you need to be angry, if you need to do do it right now. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to tell you why do you feel like this. I'm just going to listen. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to let you be. But, mm-hmm. but, but again, I, I'm, I'm trained to do that, right? Right. I know that's a setting. When you are emotionally invested with somebody, it's, it's very hard. Because nobody, you know, so that's, so that's denial, right? We have to accept the fact that perhaps somebody is not ready to go there. Then how about rationalizing? Have you ever had a conversation, somebody comes to you, right? They're telling you a problem. And obviously, with the best of intentions, you give them the answer like, oh, what about this? Why don't you do that? And they come back to you like, you know what? Never mind. You don't get it. Right. Oh, that happens. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Right? Because that person didn't want your opinion at that moment. They just wanted to be heard. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all they wanted. They just wanted to vent. But you're hard in, you know, with the best of intentions, you know, when somebody comes to you with a question, what do we do? We answer it. We give them an answer, yeah. Right, exactly, right? So I've learned over the years, uh, when some outside, of, outside of my practice, because obviously when, when somebody comes to me in practice for therapy, they come to find some answers. Mm-hmm. So that's more understood. But outside of practice, when somebody's telling me something, I always ask, you know, um, would you like my opinion? Can I tell you what I think? Mm -hmm. So now they have the opportunity to tell me, no, I'm good. Okay, then I leave it alone. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Or they say, yeah, okay, Uh, you know, tell me what you think, then I'll go ahead. Right? Mm -hmm. But I I don't assume that that's what they want. But it's very difficult to do because natural conversation is, you know, somebody comes to you with a problem, right? And then uh, and then you answer. Right. So we need to learn to put that toolbox down, sit back, just listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go into sadness, right? Why are people don't come to us when they're sad? Because it makes us uncomfortable. When somebody's crying, what are what are what are some of the things people say with somebody that is crying? Oh, it's okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't <laughs> it's cry. Okay. Don't cry. Don't cry. It's okay. Now, there is a second part to that sentence that we don't say it out loud. We're not even aware of it, but there is a okay. Don't cry. Blank. It's gonna be okay. Blank. What is the blank? I hope. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be okay, I hope. <laughs> right. It said, don't cry because you're making me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's very uncomfortable to stand there and watch somebody cry. Oh, I can't. They can't do it alone, you know, because it, I it's very, it. It's very uncomfortable because we think that it's our job to fix people. It's our right. job to make somebody feel better, and it's not. Right, right. But I will feel inadequate. If somebody's crying, automatically we'll start panicking because we go, oh, my God, I, I have to make you feel better right now. Here, here's here's the tissue. Oh, mm-hmm. pat on the back. It's okay. It's okay. No, just let me be. Let me cry. Sit sit next to me. I, I just need a couple minutes. Right. Let me cry it out because if I sense that you start panicking, then I go, oh, I just made you uncomfortable. And then you quit. And then you bury it. Right, of course, because nobody wants to be that person. Right. Nobody wants to make nobody uncomfortable, right? So so the best thing you can do sometimes is just sit there and let him be Mm -hmm. and let him have a good cry. And then you'll be like, I feel better. Thank you. Right. Okay, good. (laughs) Now let's move on. Right? (laughs) Exactly. So then now anger, uh, as you shared earlier, right? We don't let people be angry. We're judgmental, right? We tell them they have anger issues. What's mm-hmm. wrong with them? 
mm-hmm. right? Instead of understanding, like, what happened to you. That's how they need to feel. Right now, when I talk, when people get angry, right, I go, you have every right to be upset. I just need to, I just need you to be really careful what are you going to do with that anger. Be really careful what you're going to say next. Mm-hmm. So I, so I never told anybody don't be angry. I, I remove that from my vocabulary. But I do check them because I don't want them to get into trouble. Right. right. In the moment of rage, people say things, hurtful things, and words are words, but some, some things you cannot take back. Right. I completely understand that. Yeah. So so I help them with that. I said, like, you're angry and be angry. I just need you to think really careful what you're going to say next. Mm-hmm. I've worked yeah. on that over the years. Okay. I really have. Yeah. Got it. So, again, so that's that's the process. And then once somebody goes through that, and like I said, it doesn't have to be in that order. Some people are more comfortable going to anger first. Some people are more comfortable going into sadness first. You know, everybody's unique where they go. Mm-hmm. Okay, but once only once you go through that process, then you can finally get to the place called acceptance. Or as we know it, we make peace with it. Mm-hmm. And then you can finally breathe and you can go on with your life. Now, the misconception is people think the pain goes away, and that is not true. You will never not be sad about your uh, father dying. Mm-hmm. That, that day will never come. But you're I hoping, that. Yeah. but the hope that you're coming to a, to a place of peace where you don't feel like, you know, that, that is, your heart is breaking every time you think about it. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the, that's what we're trying to go the, where where we can live with the pain. That's that's the again that's what we're shooting for. That's mm-hmm. more a more that's a more realistic place to go to. So, but people get stuck on the idea like, oh, I just wanna I wanna get to the place where I'm happy, where this doesn't hurt anymore. Then that's unrealistic, and they get disappointed because that's what they're shooting for. Okay, so that's grief in a nutshell. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> right. So now let's think about your parents, right? What they were going through, right? That they had a lot of losses. So starting first with their individual lives, right? At a professional level, you know, mm-hmm. they became ill and they couldn't perform that. That's a major loss, uh, a change in life. I work with a lot of people in retirement, um, going through that phase because it's, it's you know their identity. Life, right. as they, life as they knew it, it's ending. So it's, so they're going to grieve. They're right. going to go through it, right? Then another thing that happened then was the dynamics. And we're going to talk about it in a different podcast. But the dynamics, and I think you guys brought it up, of the fact that um, how, um, you know, they were the parents and you were the kids, and then it shifted. Right. It flipped right. because it flipped. we were taking care of our parents and they didn't appreciate that right so so again if there wasn't that they didn't appreciate it logically i'm sure they were very grateful but emotionally it was hard for them to come to terms with that to accept the fact that this is my life now mm-hmm. you see that now let's then then we move on to the house rationally they understood that they had to go because it wasn't healthy for them rationally but emotionally, again, that was one more thing they had to let go of. Right. So on top of everything else. So that would explain maybe the, okay, we're going, we're staying, we're going, we're staying. Because literally yeah. this would happen in eight hours. Right. You know, we, we'd convince right. them it's finally time to get out of this house and, and to move into a more a safer environment. Yep, right. yep, yep, we're going to do this. And then, right. you know, the next mm-hmm. day, nope, we're staying. I'm like, oh, right. my God. It, again, is it, because emotions got involved. Mm-hmm. And and that's the process. I mean, that that doesn't surprise me at all. And it's scary. I mean, it's super scary. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's it's so. I totally understand you and your siblings didn't know what was going on there. So ultimately, you did what you had to do. You know, um, but perhaps you how you reacted to the behavior that they were showing, because you didn't know where it was coming from. Right. That, no. That's completely true because we no. really didn't know at the time what was no. going on. Correct. So 
to you guys who are stuck in like we're trying to do you a favor and you're mm-hmm. being ungrateful. Mhm. Yep. Not understanding that it had nothing to do with you guys. Nothing. It was all their process. Oh boy. Um, your mom, uh, your father is the one that passed away, correct? Yes. Okay. What about your mom on that, on that loss? She lost her. She lost her identity as a worker. She lost her house, and lost, she loses her husband. Mm-hmm. Talk about all these loss back to back. And she's stuck in this facility with COVID and can't see anybody. We've seen that so much right now. Actually, I was um, uh, this past week, I noticed like the first two months, two, three months of COVID, people were trying to get through on their own, you know, in their own ways. But I, this last week, I just got booked again. It's crazy. Like Mm. I have no room in my schedule. Mm. I'm getting people calling me from everywhere. Mm. Um, because it's getting to them now. Yeah. It's okay. We 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 did it on our own. Now we need help. Right. I totally you know? get that. Yeah. It's it's a it's, it's surprise. It even surprised me. I was like, whoa, where did all this come from? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's yeah. It's it's a whole their their way of life. You know. I mean, for good or worse. I mean, we uh we have still have, have some level of freedom. You know, to do things. Mm-hmm. But for them, it was totally all taken away. Right. The way of life. Oh. So, so again, they're gonna go through those. So, and I know you want to be there for your mom, right? I do. So, so, the best thing you can do is just to let her be. If that's how she needs to feel any given day, that's how she needs to feel. Right. You know, it's difficult. It's difficult because she's your mom, and there's the emotional investment. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, it, it hurts. But that's if, if we're if we're gonna be there for somebody, we have to take that. We cannot pick and choose. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I and I feel for you because again, I have my own parents, and it hurts when they say things, right, or where they act a certain way. I get it, but that's but that's what they did for us. I was listening to your friend saying that, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. what they did for us when we gave them our worst growing up yeah. as teenagers? <laughs> they, yeah. they, they didn't give up on us. Right. That's true. I was Susie that said that. You know, we took the time with all your stuff when you were right. a kid. Right. So so, so now it's our turn. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. That really hit home when Sue said that because it was like, yeah. oh, God, dang, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And also, let's not, you know, Let's not forget you. You're going through it too. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is triggering you. And as I was listening to the podcast, you know, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to ask Teresa that question. Why is this triggering you so much? Maybe you feel inadequate in some level. Oh, absolutely. uh, and, And that's triggering you. And that has nothing to do with your mom. Maybe you're feeling helpless. Maybe you're, you know, you're feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to have the right answer. I'm supposed to figure this out, and I can't. Mhm, mhm. So that's that. That's maybe that's why it's causing you to have that reaction. Mhm. But that has nothing to do with your mom. Right. No, you're, yeah, you're right about that. And, there are a lot then, of things. A lot of things are out of control. Mhm. Out of my yeah. control that right. are deeply affecting, and yeah. she's just mm-hmm. part of it. Right. You know. So. So yeah. So that's 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 what I you know that's one perspective, obviously. Okay, uh, of why people, not only old people, but everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Why why she may be angry and why she's going through what she's going through. Remember, anger is a secondary emotion. Um, anger it could be there's some, there's always an underlying emotion. Sometimes fear, sometimes um, uh, resentment or hurt. Mm-hmm. But it comes across as anger. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know. I don't know what they're fear. you know. I don't know what they're feeling. Fear, resentment, anger. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I can buy that. Yeah. When somebody are hurt, it comes across as anger. When somebody uh, are afraid, it might come across as anger. Well, I use anger as a defense mechanism. That's so true. I know I do, and and yeah. I'll admit it. I'll admit it because I know I'm big and scary, and I I get people to shut up and back off when I get all right. crazy on them. That's based on your own uh, fear. Mhm. 
So you use anger, like I said, you only feel you need to defend yourself when you're afraid of something. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Maybe, you know, uh, and then we're, then the next, the, the next podcast, I want to talk about uh, emotional needs. You know, uh, I don't know if it was your friend or your daughter or something about the sense of belonging. You know, like we all feel like we belong somewhere. We all need to feel like we belong somewhere. Or we all need to feel needed. Mm-hmm. We all need to feel, you know, the, feel loved. We all need to feel in control. Those are needs, mm-hmm. right? And uh, if we don't, and we're gonna take care of those needs one way or another. So we're gonna talk about that in the next podcast because um, that's that's a whole other hour that I can go into. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's 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 my you know those are my two cents uh, to explain you know why they're going through that. Well, that makes sense. It does, and it. it mm-hmm. It makes sense now looking back on it three years later, but you mm-hmm. know, at the time we were thick in the trees and oof. Mhm. Right. Oof. Right. Right. It's hard. It's going through the going through it. You know, it's like when people ask, um, you know, what does our job look like? We, we are kind of like firefighters. When a house is on fire, human nature is to run away. You know, a big. Uh, but our job is to run into the house mm-hmm. and, and help people out because when you guys, our patients, are inside the house, and sometimes you are so confused you don't know which way is out. Mm. You just know the whole house is burning around you, and you, and, and you're like, okay, I, I know I need to get out, but I don't know which way to go. Oh boy, that makes sense. Right. So yeah, it's, obviously it's a lot easier to look at it from the outside in, right? But when you're going through it, like you were going through it in the, two years ago, it's of course you don't you don't know which way to go. You did the best that you could in that moment. Yeah. What you had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and my brothers and I. Oh well, our eldest brother is very very rational. Rational. I mean, he's like Doctor Spock for God's sake. He's crazy. <laughs> he is. He's Spock on Star Trek. He's so rational. It's disgusting. And yeah. and then my other brother and I are more similar, uh-huh. but Ralph is is a little more level headed, and I'm the crazy one. I'm just, you know, it's just the way it is. <laughs> but it. you know, it, it's I'm also the most blunt and. Um, right to the point type of thing. You know, we gotta we gotta explain this to mom. All right, I'll explain it to her. Boom, here we go. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. And again, this I'm sure everything that you explained to your mom, she already knew. Everything that you explained to your dad, she already knew. Mm-hmm. You know, the conversation that needs to take place is, how are you feeling right now? What's going through your mind? Right. Yeah, we didn't that's, do that. That's the conversation that needs to take place. And, yeah. and, and, and and see where the person is at and go from there. Remember I said last time, I have to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way I can find out. Right. You know? Yeah. Well. Okay. Okay. Wow, you've given me a lot to think about. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. This is this is awesome. I'm really enjoying this and putting my thoughts together, my presentations, and so no, thank you for giving me the platform to do that. Oh my goodness, I, you're a wonder, and because I knew at the time this was going badly, and that mm-hmm. it was affecting me deep. I mean, it was affecting me so much. I kind of am almost thinking I had a little bit of a small stroke because I couldn't speak properly for like a, three or four days. Sure, it was weird. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. It was really yeah. weird. Sure. And um, but I was like, okay, we're way over the edge here. We are wily coyote hanging over the cliff, ready to fall. And right. I believe. Ugly. I believe you. I've, I've seen that plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, good. All right. So we're gonna mull it over, and um, I'll get yeah. some some feedback, and okay. we'll and we're gonna do what? What's next then? Emotional. Stuff? Yeah, well, so next week we're going to talk, or next week, hopefully, uh, we'll talk about emotional needs. Um, what, is that, what does that mean? Oof, that's a big one for me. That's yeah. that's interesting to me because 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that and how people go about taking care of them. Oh, or not. Or not. Correct. No, actually, no. Uh, actually, they do. Uh, we always, a need is something that you always take care of, but you do it in a positive or a negative way. Oh. But either, either way, you're taking care of it. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. There's, yeah. there's a lead-in for the next week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, my friends, thank you so very much. Oh, my pleasure. And we'll keep in touch and we'll yes. arrange so it's good for your schedule. I'm open. but yeah. Definitely. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll do it next week. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Fab. All right. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to I'm Not That Old Lady. I really appreciate your time and giving me your insights and letting me know how we're doing. I found this segment to be really insightful and I'm not opposed to looking at things in you know the cold light of day. I'm really not. Oof, you got to be careful of what you're looking at, but I think I'm making some progress. Didn't intend to have this podcast all about my parents because I think a lot of people are dealing with their parents' aging and their own aging or their children's struggles and stripes. And I think we are where we are and with life so busy and COVID and the pressures of society we're all dealing with some stuff and we need to kind of rely on each other. So thank you for your time and thank you for letting me know how you feel about the podcast. Please keep subscribing and telling people about it and giving me emails. I really enjoy those. And that can be done at I'm not that old lady at yahoo.com. And we will look forward to the next episodes. Take care.